Hello, welcome to another episode of Whatever It's Cool, the show where we talk about anything and everything that is cool in the world today. I am the grand showman of the cast, Daniel Paul Crow. With me, as always, the bearded woman, that is Tim, and the piece of resistance, the amazing nose picker, Ben. Um. <laughs> you mean gold miner? Gold miner. <laughs> gold miner. <laughs> So while we're laughing, uh, we we're waiting. We we're waiting um, for everyone to get on onto the call, and I got on, and Ben had no idea that I was there, and he was just going for gold, digging into that old uh, nose uh, socket there. And yeah, mate, you you you're going to town on that bad boy. Well, you know, people do certain things behind closed doors. <laughs> Somebody should have been minding their own business. <laughs> I kept, of, I kept uh, screaming into the bike, dude, can you please yeah. stop? Uh, but I couldn't that was, resist. That was pretty funny. Either that yeah, or you I could just say, like, you know, like, no tissues were available at the time. <laughs> I didn't have, didn't have my hanky. <laughs> yeah, and I was hungry at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> just going to go pop this into my coffee now. <laughs> Clothes oh, with some salt. <laughs> this yeah. one's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. We're done. Yeah, we're we're just forced ourselves throughout the entire episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. If we go, if we're gonna be, if we're gonna, we're gonna be going on that one line. Can we just make sure that we just don't make a guy Richie reference in this entire cast, please? <sighs> Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> yeah, you idiot. I think that kind of fell flat. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> that went up like a lead balloon. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're, we're, we're all here to talk about Milan, uh, which is a lovely, lovely, uh, lovely story. And we're going to start off with the latest one that was available on Disney Plus uh, on Friday. Uh, firstly, I just want to thank Ben and uh, Tim for uh paying for it for a change because i i pay for disney plus and they paid for it this time so that was fantastic thanks boys yeah yeah oh, no worries, no worries. No worries. <laughs> shout out to uh the disney overlords for charging 35 extra dollars yeah that yeah. was um that was really kind i felt yep. that it was uh it, it was very reasonable and yeah. luckily for them this uh you know like th this was a good this was a good use of time i think for us to pay 35 bucks to watch a movie well if you think about it you'd pay that much anyway if you were to watch it in the cinema but with this you actually get to watch it as many times as you want yeah that's true but you know i'd, I'd rather be in the cinema because then i have my popcorn in really bad chairs that could be a future episode i reckon cinema versus home cinema yeah because i think that's pretty relevant in terms of what's happening right now in Australia with the whole mm. lockdown thing. So Yeah, no, totally. We're not we're not gonna be going back to cinemas for a good year. Maybe six months. But maybe. Yeah, like it's uh, yeah, like it's quite it's quite weird not being able to go check out a movie like this on the cinema. I think something like this does need to be watched in a cinema setting. Uh, especially with the uh, cinematography, but you know, like well here we are anyway. We managed to watch it uh, via Disney Plus, so that was quite good. I um, well, oh sorry, go on, man. No, no, no. What, 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 what? Well, since, since you're since you're already on on that, like, why don't you, why don't you just give us a brief uh, introduction about you know about the 2020 version of Milan? 
What's the story? Yeah, all right. I um I was I was thinking about whether you felt the same way as this because when we were when we were chatting about this, you you had quite a few things that you wanted to say. Mm. So if I were to describe Mulan twenty twenty, I feel like you, sh- you could actually start off by saying a long time ago in a dynasty far, far away. Wow, I, I think you watch too much Star Wars, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at your face, and I'm like, oh man, this went over the top of his freaking head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually like thinking of like what kind of what could I sort of say? I was just like, just just do it, even 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 if it's just a stupid pun. Just do it. Were, were the wheels just turning in your mind? You were trying to figure out something then. No, I was just like I was just like trying to wait, and then all of a sudden, by the time I waited, I realized did I say something? <laughs> <laughs> this silence is just really deafening. <laughs> Look, I actually think that this is very much in the vein of a Star Wars film. You know, we and we've seen we've seen the original '98 film, so you know we're all quite familiar with the story. So this one, yeah, we've got a young farm girl. She's skilled in in kung fu. She is also well, as the narr- as the narration tells us, the father the father who's played by the fantastic actor Zima, he explains that there is such a thing called chi, and she's quite powerful in it. But you know, he wasn't able to tell her; he didn't have the heart to tell her that. Well, you know, the only people who should really be harnessing chi are men. Uh, long story short, well, you know, the the Rurans who are headed by Jason Scott Lee. They are tearing their way through China. The Emperor, who's played by Jet Li, and this decides that, yes, we need to actually conscript uh, all the sons from families all across China so that they can defend us and repel this roar and threat. Mulan makes the decision to actually impersonate a man because if her father were to go because he's quite obviously crippled, he would most likely die. And so, yeah, the movie plays out like that. shows her her rise from being the young farm girl into a skilled Jedi by the end of it. You know, I, I, ne- I never really thought of it that way, but the way you say it, yeah, it does, does feel very Star Wars-y. Well, look, I mean, it's. It, I was talking about this with the missus, and I think you can actually make the argument that it does have a lot of Star Warsian sort of tropes to it. I mean, you know, like instead of your young farm, farm boy Luke Skywalker, you've got farm girl Mulan. Mm-hmm. You've got a, a a thing that they've described that that enables the user to have great power, which is very much similar to having the Force. You know, she wields her sword like a lightsaber, and there's a character in this who's very much like someone who would be on the dark side of the Force, or who would be like the dark the Darth Vader sort of character. That's played by Gong Li. She plays the uh, witch who trans, who's shapeshifter as well. So the chi that she possesses, it allows her many different things, such as being able to shapeshift. She can, she can also possess people, and she's an incredibly skilled fighter. You know, she also try, tries to lure Milan over to her side at one point in the story. And you know, like I, I personally, I, I was not, I was not upset by this sort of take on the film. I think it actually flowed quite organically to have archetypes set out like this. So I'm. Look, I'm I'm asking you guys if you if you actually if you observe this as well. Uh I it it that flew over my head while watching it, but when you when you say it like that, yeah, there's a lot of that element there for me. But it's just like the whole thing with uh, Gong Li's character. It just that never crossed my mind. And to be honest, uh, I first thought that was Kelly Hugh. 
because she she kind of looked very similar to what she looked like in um, the Scorpion King. So that's what you know when you just said Gong Li, went, is it Gong Li? And I just did some research. Oh yeah, it is Gong Li. Man. <laughs> Oh, well, you can school me on wrestling as much as you want, but I can school you on Chinese actors and kung fu movies. No, no, no. It's just, it just, she, she looked very similar. I was just like, but, but that's why, that's why I was like, I was confused when you said that. Gong Li's like, yeah, it, it, like, because like the voice didn't match. I was like, so is this, is this really Kelly Hugh? But yeah, so clearly that I stuffed up on that one. Like, <laughs> no, ben, what was, uh, <laughs> Ben, what was your take on it all? How did you feel about the story? <clears throat> Yeah, I did enjoy this story. I mean, there's a lot of... Because it's a classic Chinese folklore story, so it remains... I mean, like what Disney did in the 98 version, they took some liberties with some of the storylines and um, in terms of who the enemy were. At the same time, yeah, I think I can see that it's pretty Star Wars-esque in that way. I mean, you got Donnie Yen as your kind of like mentor slash Yoda or obi-wan kenobi type of character there but um but then the thing i do like about it is just some of the i think some of the messages behind there were some of the messages and themes throughout the story so i think family and devotion was a big one in terms of that and it's just it's one of the big chinese i guess um principles that they live by i think it's very confusion in that i think Additionally to that as well, I also like the fact that um, women were were set into particular customs, and they were only uh, only like you know they were nothing but there to marry a man and didn't have much value, and you know this kind of rose above it as well. So talking about that in the story was also pretty cool, and I think they did it pretty well here, more so than the original. But I guess we can talk about that later on. But um. I felt yeah. I felt pretty, you know, because as the audience, you know, you're you're obviously aware that values have changed greatly since the period of time that this is trying to depict. But I winced when when Zima, like you know, so he's he's received his conscription notice, and then you know they're talking about it at the at the dining table, and then he just slams his hand down on the table and says, "I'm the father. It's my place to bring honor to this family on the battlefield. You are the daughter. Learn your place." And I just felt like, wow, that is such a that is such an awful thing to say. But you know, like obviously back then these were the values that were held, like you said. You know, that that women's place in society was to make a good match. And, you know, that, that scene's also played out in this one as you know, like it's it's a slightly different take on um, how it was portrayed in the in the animated version. But, you know, they're told that they need to make a good match bear children but in this case bear sons and you know like the i think the the messaging in this is is quite it's quite strong and i also think it was i'm not going to say i'm not going to say subtle but i don't think it was i don't think they really just sort of uh, threw it in in everyone's faces i think that the way they delivered and 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 depicted this this image of female empowerment and uh, you know, like positive, strong role models for women. I think it was done quite well. How do you guys? How yeah. did you guys feel? I agree with you. I think it it wasn't shoved down your throat, and I think at the same time, um, it didn't portray. It it wasn't man hating. I think what a lot of 
feminist type of movies these days. It's very man-hating, but it's this movie felt uh, much more empowering. And there's more, yeah, in Mulan, there was like a positive role model there for it. <clears throat> yeah, because I think she rose above, because she was with the rest of the guys and she rose above all that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it, it this for me, I, I I felt every emotion that was going through it, and like, and no ma- no matter what was going going through it, you know, like it, nothing ever felt like it was being shoved down my throat. Nothing felt like it was, um, put there purposely to set up a a cause or anything like that. I just think this was really really done well. Yeah, I I completely agree. I was uh, I was. Well, you guys, were any of you at any point worried about how this movie was going to turn out? Yep. Yeah, for sure. I think. Sorry, you go. I'll just I'll just make one quick. I, I just because I I'd seen the movie, the original only once, but I do remember a lot of it. The fact that there was no dragons, no, it didn't look like there was any singing. I was extremely worried about thinking, man, are they going to go all, you know, like Christopher Nolan style, you know, Mulan? <laughs> what? <laughs> because it, cause it looks, it looked very dark. It didn't, the, 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 the first trailer that came out didn't look like it was going to be a, you know, like a fun kind of movie, you know, it was like, it was going to look like it was going to be a dark turn. So that's why that's I, true. I was really scared, you know? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. My, my wife was saying the same. She, so when we saw the trailer, I was like, oh, we, we've got to show this to our kid. She goes, I don't know. Like, it looks like, you know, it looks like it does, it won't have any music in it. And that's generally what draws our kid into watching movies. If it's got musical numbers, Yeah. she goes, I don't, I think, I think she might get freaked out. And you know, the Shan Yu type character, I think that guy will freak her out as well. And you know, look, I'll get into that a little bit, like how how my family received this. But yeah, I think. Look, I, I'm. I don't think I was that concerned that there wasn't going to be music. And in fact, in the days leading up to, in the days leading up to the movie making its premiere on Disney Plus, there there was there was talk that there weren't going to be any musical numbers, so there wasn't going to be any singing. Some people that I talked to who who really loved the movie, they were kind of they were kind of pissed that 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 was going to be the case because, you know, they'd grown up with such an adoration of the original animated film. So for them to be missing out on things like this and Mushu, like you've raised, Dan, they were kind of like, well, you know, you're kind of robbing us of things. And I guess maybe it's a feeling that they're being robbed of things that they love from their childhood. How the movie plays out, though, I was... I've, I've grown up on martial arts movies and I think that this is... This really fits quite well in Chinese wuxia films. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I agree. It's the, it's just uh, it's weird seeing it, seeing a Western company produce a Eastern sort of style kind of movie like that, and I and I really loved it. That you know they they finally done something like this, and they've done they've done it right. You know what I mean? There there was a real reverence for for Chinese culture in it, I think. And uh, I, I just think that like the way that they did it, it looked so respectful, mm. but also displaying like, you know, the traditional values, like you were saying, um, trip B, the, uh, you know, the reverence for fam- uh, sorry, the, uh, respect for family. Um, then there was also a lot of things about honor. Um, maybe even, you know, like saving face, that sort of stuff. And it was, it, I think it was just done so well. And, and, you know, subtly 
that everything about it was just, it was just firing on all cylinders for me. Mm. I, and I just kept taking, taking note of everything, every little bit in the film that I liked. And it might not have been to do with regards to the respect for culture, but just as a wuxia film itself, I was like, man, this is, this is something that would have come out of classic Hong Kong cinema. Uh, you know, you've got you've got really beautiful set design. So the the farm that they live in is just it's amazing. You know, like it's this large circular building and it houses multiple families. Then that that's a set that was actually constructed. Yeah. I believe this movie was also shot not just in China but also in New Zealand. Yeah, so that makes able, sense. Yeah, so they were able to take advantage of a lot of the beautiful scenery in New Zealand. Uh, the the uh, the this one, Dan, I think you, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't even raise this, but during the uh, matchmaker, the lead up to the matchmaker scene when they were getting Mulan ready, I was thinking, yeah. is Dan taking note of how this looks like Guy Ritchie smash cuts? <laughs> uh... You know, because it was going, it was cutting fast and then slow when they, were, when they were applying the makeup and I was thinking, Dan is probably getting a real kick out of this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. How do we feel? How do we feel about the cast uh, of this? Because I, I I really like the cast here. Man, I had more to talk about. Right? Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're trying to move this along because you're trying to save face yourself. Yeah, I reach you thing. I I look. I I felt that. There was something really great to see in almost every every section of the film. I mean, there was a fight scene that that took place like what looked like it could have been like in a volcanic area mm. between Mulan and the witch. There was uh, the the training sequences; they all looked really cool. That sort of harkened back to to very very old school type kung fu films. So. There was the bit where, and I mean, this is also stuff that was depicted in the original animated film, but they had the the exercise where they had to carry the two buckets of water up the stairs. And that just screamed 36 chambers of Shaolin to me even. Oh, and man, I, yeah. I just thought this was, this is really, really cool. This is, this is hooking someone like me. You know, they had, you know, some really beautiful animation. I thought the Phoenix looked quite good and it was, uh, it was, it was an, I think it was a an effective difference compared to having compared to having Mushu in this. You know, like they had the they had the Fal- you know the Phoenix, sorry, that would uh, that would appear at various points on and guide Mulan on her journey. So I thought that was, you know, it was a fun and a different sort of take. But then, yeah, like I mean, just the way the camera the camera moves, especially during action sequences, it was all quite it was all quite spectacular and yeah i mean if we're if we're going to talk about even though we got we had to see this on disney plus i think this movie would have looked incredible in a cinema i would have loved to see an imax especially the um the you know the the scene where they where the arrows are flying in the air i just i would love to have seen what that would have been like in imax that it just it, that was just fantastic the way that was done even the yeah. even the training like the you know when when Mulan and Hong Hui are—they're uh, sparring with the spears. Oh yeah, that but that was a great scene. That that kind of re- that kind of reminded me of some you know a really great scene from Tai Chi Master, and 
yeah, just seeing how they did that, I was like, oh yeah, this is this isn't too bad at all. And you know, like you said, the it, it would look fantastic on a big screen, you know, just to see it because you'd be able to see the movement in probably in a better ratio. But I was uh, I was just absolutely blown away, and you know, after I've seen it twice now, and yeah, the missus is like, yeah, this is this is really really good. Okay. Yeah, but you know, so like you know, you we've just talked about action se- sequences. What what do you guys think about the action sequences? I enjoyed the action sequences, just like you said as well. I think the whole movie. I think the only thing I was kind of let down was that for me it was uh it felt like a war movie with like a g rating like at the i mean around that time there's just like china was always um stopping repelling against um invaders or foreign invaders and it's a very i guess the themes that come along with that they're very i guess like for adults and you know, there's always going to be people dying and stuff like that. And even in the original, when the 98 Disney movie, it was, it was, if you think about it, it was pretty dark. There was a lot of dark things happening on with that as well. And I, we can talk about that later on. But like you said, in terms of the action, the choreography with all the wire work, like I think the actress that played Mulan, um, she was very, very graceful in terms of the way she moved and, and she's had, um, experiences in terms of working in this type of uh, working on these type of movies or TV series. She was famous for playing a particular character in this Chinese series called the return of the condor heroes. And ah, I know that, I know that title. Has that ever been, has that ever been a movie? Uh, a very old movie, but it's, it's an epic book, like epic novel created by this guy called Jin Yong. And yep. Yeah. Basically, every five or six years, they would make a series out of it because it's just so well received. And yeah, that 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 was her breakout role, and you can see that you know just from her movements, it was just very very graceful. And yeah, I remember that action sequence where they were training at camp with the, just like that little back kick with the with the stick up and stuff, and her movements and stuff it was just really really great and. Yeah, and it was—it's always fun to see Donnie Yen in anything. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, to do that stuff like yeah. just That's dude, he is he's on another level, isn't he? Yeah, 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 and just everything he does is just so intense. Just his <laughs> movements, just intense. Just <laughs> and like I'm really sold when I see him. And you got Jason Scott Lee. Uh, we could talk, I guess we'll talk about the casting later on. He he plays a great um, villain as well in Borokan, truly scary. And even Jet Li has his moments as well. Um, <laughs> it's it's great. Like I think if you're a if you're a huge fan of wuxia cinema or just any act like Chinese action cinema from the 80s and 90s, it's kind of a yeah does a lot of fan service um, in terms of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dan, how did how did you feel about the action in this? I don't I don't think there's anything I can really add on to it to be honest because it was it, it did go above and beyond for me because I I I I just just in the amount of stuff that's come out from Disney lately with all these live action remakes or it's even just some of their their live action stuff 
the action has no has never been anywhere near the same same or even better to what was uh previously done and this for me i, I just felt they did they did they did everything correctly um a lot of the a lot of the sequences were way better than what was in the original so i yeah i i really liked it i really did i think it was a really good move for them to make mulan so naturally gifted in martial arts yeah I I couldn't help but think that she just looked really, really convincing the way that she moved. And, you know, like a lot of that has to do with choreography and a lot of that also has to do with how well they do the wire work. This, I don't think they went too crazy with wire work, which is always appreciated. But in the, in the main battle sequence where she's, you know, she's returned to the battlefield son's armor. So she's now, you know, she's taken her hair out and she's revealed to everyone that she's actually a girl. Did you guys get a feeling that when she was taking on all those Rorans that she was, it was like a scene out of Dynasty Warriors? Uh, you know Gang? what? It, remind, it reminded me of um, that action sequence from Red Cliff. Do you remember that John Woo movie? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. The, the battle formations with like everybody shielded <laughs> up and they throw catapults and they had this ridiculous formation in that and funny enough like what you said dynasty warriors red clip was based off um a story from the romance of three kingdoms so which is about the three kingdoms and that's what dynasty warriors is based <laughs> off and it, yeah it did remind me of that but yeah like i, I just but, sort of saw you know like the way that she moves through she's the single hero that you get to choose she yeah. takes on all these massive hordes of fighters and then yeah you know like the game will then tell you what area you need to move to next. So then she moves to another area, lines up all the um, the helmets to pretend that she's got another battalion there, and then she triggers the avalanche. I thought it was really clever. It was it was it was very different compared to the original. <clears throat> well, we what do we what do we how do we feel about the casting about it all? As, yeah, yeah, as, definitely. As a whole. I, I think I think the casting was just spot on. Yeah. You know, Can I just ask because it doesn't make note of it. On Wikipedia or anywhere, but is that Jet Li's voice? Because I feel like that's been dubbed. Because it doesn't Dude, sound anything like him. I felt the exact same, and I even <laughs> said it to the missus. I was like, "He, look, no disrespect to him, but he doesn't speak English that well." And I know it's been a far cry from, you know, like his English has developed a lot more since his first English language role, which I think was Lethal Weapon Four, where that's all he it. says is in Hong Kong, you'd be dead. You'd dead. <laughs> but, yeah, it just didn't sound like him. So, you know, went on to Google. And, yes, he was actually dubbed. Oh, he was? He was, right. yeah. So your ear was right. Yeah, I thought it would have been as well. I think one thing about Jet Li in his movies is that after just beating the crap out of maybe 20 or 30 people, he's he really just says like a very tough guy that really has like a tough guy accent or a tough guy voice and gives off a one-liner i think he's yeah that's one of the things about him i mean even in his chinese movies he's dubbed so there's that to think about so once upon a time in china he's dubbed in that Fong Sai i did not know that. that yes yeah. yep so mm. wow. no well i i do do we did, did everyone here like Lou Ife as Mulan. Absolute beautiful woman, amazing actress, and she can kick ass. She's she's a she's a winner in my book on that one. 
I think she played the role well. Chinese actress. I think she spent a lot of time with the English coach as well, so she spoke really well. Um, and she conveyed a, a lot of emotions with her eyes. I thought her dad played played really well, Zima. Um, yeah, I think my yeah, I think my heart kind of broke when he went to yeah when he went to a collector's conscription notice from I forgot what the guy's name, but he's one of my favorites from this movie, from this TV show called Banshee. <laughs> Job. <laughs> yeah, Job. When he got it from Job, I was like, and when he knelt down, I kind of, yeah, that my heart kind of broke because, you know, this is a, this guy, he kind of sold it as he was a war hero as well. And yeah. Yeah. Donnie Yen was really effective. Yeah. yeah. Um, one one quick one quick one before we start moving on. Did you guys like the little uh, callback with Big Na uh, being the the announcer at, to, at to, towards the end? Sorry, who? Ming Na Wen, I think her name. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. So she's she's like some noble woman or a you know like a royal announcer, and she leads Mulan into the emperor's court. And I was like thinking when I first watched it, I was like, I kind of recognize who this is, but I, I couldn't place it at the time. Well, it's and Agent May from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know? I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know if we could be friends anymore. <laughs> Dude, you also watch things like, I don't know, some Killer Clowns movie or whatever the hell. <laughs> Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and that's a classic. Yeah, okay, look, you know, <laughs> everyone has a right to their opinion, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, obviously there wasn't any song sequences or anything like that, but the, they did have a very lovely soundtrack. What did you guys reckon? How well, how, how did it all play off with the, with the music? I thought it was really, really good. I thought if, I think not having those epic musical numbers kind of fitted in with the whole movie, I think, mm. because it's not a musical. I think if you look at it as just like a, remake or adaptation rather than a musical because i guess beauty and the beast it was like a musical remake and aladdin was a musical remake so they had these large um, musical numbers for it i thought it was very i think it complemented with the action sequences very well in terms of the traveling and the scenery it fitted in beautifully Mm. there were the score there was undertones of um, the original music from yep. the 98 that was that was really really good as well um yeah i thought it was it was yeah it suited the movie really really well yeah yeah i, don't, oh, I, I, don't, I really liked it so yeah i don't think i can i, I don't think i can really add as uh, that much uh, it, it's it, it's a kind of the way that they frame the movie i don't think it lends itself to a musical performance format you know, if they were to have musical numbers, I think it would severely undercut the dramatic performances and it would it would suffer a lot of tonal backlash. So if if you had if you threw in musical numbers akin to what was in Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin, it it just wouldn't work for this for some reason. Mm. This was this was largely done as a Wuxia film. And you know, it has it has a lot of a lot of things with regards to the character's development. You know, like how she starts off and where she winds up by the end. The music was there to inform the scenes, and using reflection in instrumental format to inform 
Mulan's progress and her journey throughout the film was one of the best things that they could have done. And I think it, 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 it just evokes that, that subtle bit of nostalgia rather than just sort of jamming it in your face and saying, hey, this is what you loved about the 98 original. We're going to turn it up to 11. Here you go. <laughs> like the fact that this movie captures all of, all of the nostalgia of the original without being overwhelming it's a testament to the creators and you know, like everyone who worked on this on this film. Well, guys, the simple the simple question needs to be asked: Is it cool? Yeah. There's an awkward silence. Are we waiting for someone to answer first? I'll, I'll answer. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that's what was happening. No, no, yeah. it, it is. It is fantastic. I I wanted to I wanted to just add that my daughter when she watched it, she was like, she was so, so wrapped up by this movie. She, she loved everything about it and she didn't even need to be entertained by musical performances. And you know what, like the movie has a really, really positive message about female empowerment, you know, the strength of female identity. You know, there, there's, I think it was a very powerful choice to have Mulan reveal herself and make that choice herself as a female you know, and reveal herself as a female that is rather than her being found out by well in the original it's, she's found out by Shifu and the rest of the men because yeah like it, it is such a triumphant film it is it's a triumphant move at that point and so yeah to to have that there I mean it's something that I'm 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 happy to rewatch again and again because my daughter sees a very positive role model in it. Yeah. And so I think it's a it's it's largely a huge huge achievement on part of the filmmakers and yeah. You know, Star Wars tropes are in there and it it works, you know. It's not a retread of episode 4, but yeah, like I mean, it it actually works. <laughs> now it's yeah, a story about think- heroes and villains, good versus evil. So, you know, like of yeah. course you're going to see those sorts of things, but yeah, it's it is it is very very cool. Yeah, I think it's very cool. I uh, I just I didn't. I didn't like the fact that they put Disney's Milan because, like, for me, if I if if I did if I didn't if didn't know anything about it, I would have gone okay. It's got a musical. It would, you know, it would have been a little bit like, oh, just like that. I decided to go take it in, knowing that it was going to be a musical, and I just take it as it is. Fantastic film, absolutely fantastic film. Well, uh, it's everything that you want in a in a in a PG sort of film that you can sh- that you can be watching with the whole family so this is definitely really cool for me and um i'm really glad that we we actually got to watch it you know on its, on its opening day somewhat together yeah somewhat together <laughs> <laughs> don't worry the time will come when we will we will all be reunited again so you know we'll, ha- we'll keep that hope now moving on to the 1998 uh animated uh, mm-hmm. uh Ben, can you just give us a rough synopsis of uh, the original, please? So, basically, everything that Tim said about the 2020 remake, the storyline pretty much remain remains the same with little differences. So, rather than the Rurons, you got the Huns that are invading, and you got mm-hmm. this pretty great action sequence at the start where um, there's there's um, yeah, ropes that are getting thrown onto the Great Wall of China, and then you get the Huns climbing there to yeah invade China, and then the same storyline in terms of conscription as well. Um, so every every man um, from every family needed to be conscripted to fight against these um, 
invaders and um, same thing same thing like in 2020 um, Mulan's father um, he's too old and he's also a war hero as well and um, rather than see her dad um, go out go the, go to war and most likely get killed due to his age and his physical frailty he takes uh, she decides to take his place and um, now what the differences are there's epic musical numbers there you've got a dragon sidekick um, voiced by the magnificent eddie murphy and then you also got um a cricket there for some reason and and yeah i mean a much lighter tone but that being said because even if it's a cartoon and i do say lighter tone there are some pretty dark moments in this movie as well but it's one of the most darker well it's one of the darkest um Disney movies, I think they've, they've done like what the other one that comes to mind is Tarzan with the, especially that last thirty minutes of Tarzan. But this is pretty dark. Oh, let's I I can beat that with basically anything from early Disney animated movies. Like no, it, let, let's oh, okay. Well, yeah, you're right. I, I yeah, guess, I guess that's true. I yeah, mean, uh, Pinocchio, that donkey sick. Oh man, that still gives me nightmares. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, moving on as well. Yeah, a lot of the story pretty much remains the same, but there's little bits within it that are slightly different. But yeah, in terms of story, it's pretty much the same. So, because like the 2021, like the 2021, it was based off a classical, like a classic Chinese folklore. So, yeah, that's pretty much the story. Mm. Now, in terms of the voice cast, I already name dropped. Um, a pretty famous person as well. So Mulan was actually played by Ming-Na. Um, I think her name's Ming-Na Wen. That's and right. instead of Hong Hui, they had this guy called Captain Lee Shang, who was Mulan's love interest in this movie. So that was played by B.D. Wong. And then Mr. Miyagi, so Pat Morita, was the emperor of China. And um, I think no they were. No way! The... Really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, Dan, you're gonna you're gonna get a kick out of this. Shan Yu is voiced by Miguel Ferrer, who actually. Oh, played... you're kidding me! Yeah, he played Bob Morton in RoboCop. Wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's callback right. right there. Yep. Yeah, that's right. But that's just the um, the voice talents for the movie in terms of the soundtrack. You got, you know, every, the Filipino national hero, Leo Salonga, that yep. sang Reflection <laughs> in the movie. And I'm pretty sure did all the other uh, female voice, um, did the female voice um, songs in the movie itself. Yeah, um, think, but yeah, there's so fun. many. Yeah, the, yeah so um, they're the main voice talents if I remember correctly. What do you guys think about the casting for the voice voice talents? I think it was I think it was really on point. I you know, you, you felt th- that's the thing with voice actors, it's such an art. So for them to be able to convey emotion just through their voice alone, and of course, I mean it's <clears> backed up by the animation of the of the characters that they're voicing, it's it's a real talent that they have. And, you know, you do feel a lot of the emotion. I, I mentioned before when we were talking about the 2020 version that there's the scene where uh, Mulan is, you know, trying to argue with her father that, you know, like he shouldn't go. And, yeah, I mean, the same sort of line is spoken. He does say, know your place, which is an incredibly harsh thing to say. Mm. And, you know, you do feel 
that it's a real sort of bastard of a line to hear or to for for that character to say you know you do feel it you you just you see that you know there's a lot of heartbreak that happens throughout and yeah i mean she makes that decision to to go off and join the war and pretend to be a man and it 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 plays out really well it is a dark film i i think it's probably something that i wouldn't show to well, I probably shouldn't have shown it to my kid, but she did love it, especially because of the music. The music in it is is just amazing. Um, there are so many great, great numbers throughout it, and I think it's like some somewhat inappropriate messaging, uh, especially with the with the very first song uh, when she's getting ready to to uh, to to meet the matchmaker. I mean, you have lines like a girl can bring her family great honor in one way by striking a good match. And then, you know, like it moves on and it says like, we all must serve our emperor who guards us from the Huns, a man <laughs> by bearing arms, a girl by bearing sons. So, you know, like it's, it's meant to evoke a sense of what the values were in that era and, you know, values that are long, long since outdated. And, you know, Mulan is the vehicle to show that, well, no, she doesn't have to subscribe to, to the values of the time. She can be herself. I mean, she gets crushed when she's told that by the matchmaker that she, you know, she won't ever, ever bring her family honor. But, you know, as, as the movie progresses, you know, like you, you, you've got a girl who has the brave, who takes that brave step to, to, you know, fight on her father's behalf. And then she ends up training with all these dudes and and beating them, you know, or becoming as skilled as them. And then, yeah, it just progresses that way. And, you know, the voice, so, you know, like if we're going to, I'm probably going off on multiple tangents here, but if we're going to go back to the voice acting, it's it, it's done. It's done incredibly well to to tell you the story of, of Mulan. Yeah. Well, you, were you, um, Ben, listing all those names and then, some of them I didn't even know. I mean, Mr. Miyagi be you know being the emperor, um, Miguel you know being in it as well. Like that's just really piqued my interest. I want now I want to watch it again just to just now that I can hear their voices. But I I, I remember the very first time I watched it, and as opposed to watching it again for the first time in a long time, yes, last night, the voice acting was really spot on, and. There's no one. There's no one in it that does. That sounds like they're phoning it in. It it just sounds. It, they sound like they were really spot on. Wanted to bring this tale and just it's just ama- amazing talent that they had there. And some trivia. Yeah. Okay. The so, trivia. Sorry, man. That's, some that, 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 that's, that's usually that's usually my line, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but apparently, Eddie Murphy didn't want to go record at the studio. He chose to do that from his home. So he literally phoned it in. Did he have a reason why he wanted to do that, or he just? just... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why he would have chosen to do it. But like, even though he did do that, he was a very fun part to the movie. Yeah. I mean, he has some really, really cool lines. I think one of my friends described it best. He's really sassy. I did like how you know, like when he's when he comes out, he's meant to like he's thinking that he's being picked for for the role of being the guardian to save Mulan, but they all laugh at him and he's like, jump back. I'm pretty hot. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just something about the way that Eddie Murphy sounds. It's so inimitable. I felt, I felt that the way he did it, he was like, he was like, 
the genie of this film as opposed to what Robin Williams was Robin Williams was with um Aladdin. It just like anything and everything that he did in this movie was it's quotable and it's just you, you're locked on to him. Not not simply because he's a dragon, but just the amazing talent that Eddie Murphy um is and what he did and what he does this whole um movie. I think that's what they were going for. Because of the success of Aladdin, they really wanted to get a big name actor. I think I read somewhere that Robin Williams was in consideration to play Mushu, but in the end they got Eddie Murphy, and I don't think that I don't think it was it was a bad choice at all. Like you know, he was very fun. But again, trivia: apparently, the decision to omit Mushu from the 2020 live action film was because Mushu wasn't actually very well received in China. I think there's some reasons for that. Yeah, but we'll talk yeah. about that some other time off camera. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean, they, they, I mean, the the makers of the new one wanted to be very, very respectful of Chinese culture. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they made that decision to omit him. And I think mm. you know, like, there's always going to be a time and a place for things. I mean, some of the lines in the '98 film I didn't necessarily agree with. Like, I sort of felt like it was kind of forced, or it was like an imitation of what what Asian culture might say. Um, but you know, yeah, look, I mean, the, the 98 film just has a lot of, it's fun, you know, like, even though it is very dark, it is very fun. And yeah, I think it's, it's, it's very memorable in terms of, because of the way that it's made up and, you know, like as a, as a sort of traditional Disney film, which, you know, like has, you know, this hero going, going on, going off on and, and, you know, like having their quest, I guess. You know, like it has beautiful animation. It has that, you know, the story that, that, that kids would definitely get into, but then also like it has wonderful music and the music is just on point. Well, I can't stop getting the, I'm trying, trying to think of what's the line of the song. Um, uh, uh, but, uh, because it's been in my head all day, uh, but be a uh, man, like that, that one, that one bit and just I'll make a man out of you. Yeah. Like I, 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 I love that, love that song. It just. Pumps me up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, don't know why, but it just it just really pumps me up, and as like, it should. Like the, the this whole the, the the whole the whole uh music of this is just. Dan actually plays that when he gets ready for the day. <laughs> hey, I, I I worked out to this song for a, a long time. So you did. I out. do. Yeah. I do remember you saying. I do remember you telling me that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very it's a very cool song. I always laugh at it because of Chen Po saying, you know, now I really wish that I knew how to swim. <laughs> uh, that always gets a laugh out of me, and I know it probably annoys my wife whenever I mention it, but she's yeah, she indulges me. <laughs> but the music, the music in this one, it it really makes this this picture for me. I, I the the one key the key element in in most disney films for me is the music like if you you can have a really great pre- you can have a really good premise you can have really great characters but if the music isn't right case in point um home on the range like had a great story had great characters but the music just sucked uh this this one for me it's it, it's got everything there and i loved i love the music in this everything is just again uh you can re- re-listen to it you can sing along with it um in ben's case you know you can get ready for the gym or even use it as a gym song yeah i don't know how you guys feel about that like how, how you feel about that but for me that's that's definitely 
I could listen to Leia Salonga's voice all the time. She's just amazing. National hero. Yeah. Treasure. <laughs> Absolute treasure. Yeah. And look, I mean, the songs were composed by Jerry Goldsmith, who's been in the industry um, for, I think, since the 60s and yeah, 60s. No, 50s. So he's been around in a long time. So other than the, not just the individual songs but the scores itself was really epic i remember during the avalanche scene that was really really epic as well there was a sense of urgency for that the celebration scene was really really nice and having hearing like um most of the scores with the undertone of reflection throughout was also great as well but yeah it it was like what you guys said it was a very fun movie of its time as well Mm. and um, the animation reminded me of just old Chinese artwork as well. Um, yeah, that's totally yeah. what that's totally what they were trying to go for when they when they were doing the the animation for it. You know, they they referred to so many different bits of artwork just to nail that pattern down. Even the way even the way the movie opens, you know, it does have like you know the the brush strokes, I guess, and then and then it sort of melds into and and sort of. Well, I wouldn't say fades into, but then yeah, it sort of moves into that image of the Great Wall. Mm. Like it all, like you know, just with those brush strokes, it just looks really, really authentic. Yeah. I guess, like you know, it is. It's definitely holding that art style in high regard. It just also proves that how how is it now? Twenty two years old. Twenty two. I'm gonna sit here and let you do maths, so we can wait oh, all day. Man. Hang on. <laughs> I think I'm really doing yeah, 22, 22, sorry. Okay, Considering how old it is, the fact that it still holds up now, I think that I think that's a testament of it as well. That the songs are still pretty, you know, I was, I was going to say badass, but that's not the, not the word I want to use. Um, it's still very memorable. Animation still looks pretty uh, schmick. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's, just what it's just it's 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 an absolute classic and it should be more higher up on the on a pedestal when it comes to disney movies when in and it's not really that much talked about you know yeah i think you know i think it's one of those classic golden era disney movies of the 90s i think up the 90s um i think in the 90s you had lion king aladdin had this you had hunchback of notre dame um, there were all these classic movies that the that disney have decided to slowly look back and re- remake every single one of them so that they can cash in but <laughs> but nostalgia yeah I mean, and look i mean they're smart because guys like us um they we grew up on these movies and they're trying to capture um yeah, capture that magic again and also you know reintroduce it for a new generation like um like your daughter so and it's fun just to be able to watch it with your kid um, yeah it's it's got a it's got a built-in audience and yeah i mean it's it's definitely it's definitely something that you can you can go back to and then yeah you can introduce it to your own kids or your grandkids or whatever uh but also yeah i mean you're going to get the benefit of seeing it again once it's remade into a live action picture. Exactly. <laughs> Where it'll cost you 35 bucks to get it on Disney plus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let's, let, let's, let's analyze this guys. Is this, is the original one cool? 
Absolutely. Definitely. Yep. No question. Okay. No awkward pauses. No, 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 no. <laughs> straight into it. No, no, no. <laughs> this was this was decisive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that, let's 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 finish this off with the versus battle. Which is better? Ah, yeah. That's a that's a really really tough call for me because I love both in so mm. many ways, but. I think this is something that you can, the 2020 film makes such a strong case for being a really, really amazing remake and adaptation of, of an original picture. Yep. The 98 one has, you know, like, well, for me, I only saw that a few years ago, but I loved it as soon as I'd seen it. You know, like for kids who, well, for people who who might be like around our our age or a little bit younger, you know, like it's something that's part of their childhood. So it's a really tough call, but I'd I'd probably I I don't think I don't think you can actually say which one's better. Uh-huh. I and I know it sounds like a fence sitting answer, but it's. It's very different to. It's very hard to compare because they're 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 different genres. One's animated and a musical, whereas the other one is an action adventure and a wuxia martial arts film. Yeah, you know, so it might have the same characters, but the 2021 has been remixed in and presented in a different format. You know, it's not just live actors who are singing songs. So it's very very difficult for me to say. Ben, how are you? How are you? this one look i only saw the remake once i watched that last night i really enjoyed myself with my wife watching that i've seen the 98 version like about 10 15 times and love it to this day as well probably won't sit on the fence with this one because and i yeah i can maybe agree with a lot of the points tim said um in terms that yeah it, it is kind of like different genres and i guess i found myself in like just in terms of my emotions and memories from the original i just enjoyed the original so much more maybe it's probably worth me t- uh, watching the remake in another viewing to see what it yeah, what it's like um mm. but if i look at it from like a wuxia lens yeah i mean the cinematography is beautiful. The costumes were great. Um, I really like the casting as well. Maybe, yeah, I think I still say uh, I, I enjoyed the original um, more because, yeah, I think it was important time. Yeah, it was an important part of my childhood. And, yeah, I mean, the musical numbers still stick with me to this day. Yeah. Well, I think for me... I'm I'm on the fence. I'm just like Tim. I'm on the fence. If I was wow. going to pick one, if I was going to pick one, like if like you know, gun to the head, and they said you have to watch this with your kids, I think I would stick with uh, ninety eight, simply because I find that one more child friendly. That's it. That would that would be the only reason why I would pick that one. Both of them, because because they're they're. Although it's very similar story, they have completely different movies. Like we, like we keep saying, uh, I just, yeah, I, I just can't. I couldn't pick pick one that was good, uh, like was was better than the other because they they have, they had their good points, they had their bad points, but they're just they're just fun movies to watch. So I I, I couldn't get that could couldn't get there. 
unfortunately. Well, that ends another episode of What Of It's Cool. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and of course on iTunes. While you're there, make sure you get, leave us a review there as well. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button and enable those notifications. You can find us on Facebook at What If It's Cool Podcast, Twitter on What If It's Cool at What If It's Cool, and we're now on Instagram, so you can find us at What If It's Cool Podcast. So make sure you keep that support coming, and we'll see you on the next one. See you, boys. Catch. See ya. Have a good one. Peace.